This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay. And today I'm joined with a bunch of guests over here. We have our CEO, Ramon, who's joining the podcast. And we're also joined with Michelle Silverstein and Jacqueline Grauman, who are the co-founders of The Vertical. And The Vertical is a comprehensive shopping experience where consumers can discover and shop a curated assortment of value-driven new generation brands in one place. Super excited to talk about to Jacqueline and Michelle over here. We're going to be talking about digitally native vertical brands and a little bit more about their marketplace as well that they've developed for brands. Excited to have you both on the podcast. I'm really excited to dive into this topic because we haven't really dived into this topic before, but before I just keep on talking through, I'd love if you both could kind of introduce yourself a little bit and maybe talk about what the vertical is in your own words as well. Awesome. Yeah, of course. And thanks so much for having us. We are so excited to be here. I am Jacqueline, our co-founder and CEO. And I'll just jump into myself and then pass it over to Michelle. So to talk about the vertical a bit, we are a destination for both discovering and shopping new innovative retail brands that are mission-driven and really stand for something beyond the product. And what we're doing is really reimagining what the multi-brand retail experience should look like by merging content and commerce and focusing on storytelling, really communicating the values and stories of our brand partners, and also taking a brand-first approach ourselves as a retailer and really connecting with our consumers in this way. So that's a little bit about the vertical. My background before starting the company was in the fashion retail industry, where I worked on both the retailer side at uh, Lord & Taylor within Hudson's Bay Company, as well as the brand licensing side at Mark Fisher Footwear and for emerging designers as well. So really saw the industry full circle and all the kind of different brokenness within the, the wholesale system. And yeah, that's what I was doing before. And then that's what inspired me to start The Vertical. So that's me. And I'll pass it over to Michelle to let her talk a little bit about her background as well. Great. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Michelle, our other co-founder and our COO. And I, you know, worked in the startup industry for the past about eight years, have worked at some really amazing companies like ClassPass, Sakara Life, Kettlebell Kitchen, FounderMade, and a few others, and really come with a operations and kind of project management marketing background, but just mostly working, kind of building new companies and many DMBBs as well, which is, you know, brought me to the vertical and really excited to help that industry grow overall. Awesome. Well, thank you both for giving that short little intro. So I want to jump into DNVBs. We talk a lot about direct-to-consumer. This is a direct-to-consumer podcast. So I want to ask you both, actually, is there any difference between DNVBs and DTC, or is it the same? And kind of if you could also talk about that difference. I know you guys actually play on the word vertical, which is how you found your name, the vertical, which is really cool. And so 
Also on that note, kind of talking about maybe some of the differences between vertical e-commerce and just e-commerce that's not vertical e-commerce. Yeah. So as far as, you know, kind of tackling the question around the difference between DMVBs and direct-to-consumer companies, and they're kind of one in the same. DMVBs overall in the way that we really look at it at our company and when we're sourcing brands for both our review site and our marketplace are, is that the brands that are internet born really most of the time launch on their own websites, not through traditional wholesale. So when we think about like the OG DMVBs out there, we have brands like Bonobos, Suraway, Allbirds, for instance, and those are brands that launched on their own platforms. Direct-to-consumer is kind of the same thing. They originally sold directly from themselves to the consumers, but in the past few years, we've really seen that these brands have started selling outside of their own sites. And I think that's been really more of a reaction to how difficult it is to get in front of customers and just kind of the different outlets they need to take in order to hit their growth strategies. So DMVBs can be direct-to-consumer. They can also be beyond direct-to-consumer and go wholesale. And for us, we really make sure to provide a platform that services DMVBs, that service those traditionally direct-to-consumer companies, still tells their stories and kind of meets them where they're used to operating versus traditional retail, which you know kind of strips them of that. As far as the difference between vertical e-commerce and other e-commerce, it's really, for us, it's more about bringing the brand story to the forefront than anything else. Yeah, and I think that's something that I've learned really firsthand through building the business and that we just continue to see that's interesting about the space is just that we all, from an industry perspective, use this term digitally native vertical brands. And as you mentioned, that's what inspired our name and that's what our entire company is focused on. But from the consumer perspective, people don't actually know what that means unless they really work in the industry. So that's something that we've thought a lot about from what we're building from a company, from a brand positioning perspective, how we've really defined what we're doing and the values of the companies that we are working with, which is a really interesting and exciting part of what we're building that differentiates us because of the way we're looking at it. I really think it's interesting how you guys talk about that differentiation as well. And Michelle, I appreciate you going into that DNVB versus direct to consumer kind of thing because you know, I would have always thought they were one of the same, but I see how like, you know, the DMVB is just purely like on their own digital channel and direct to consumer is more of like, it's just giving it directly to the consumer in that sense that you could be on Amazon or other places as well. So that's really interesting. But I love what you guys are doing with the whole brand thing and how you're so brand focused. Just kind of lean into, and I know we're going a little bit off over here, but lean into what are some of those characteristics that help to make those really strong brands and kind of the things that you were talking about there, Jacqueline? Yeah. So, I mean, the most important thing about digitally native brands is that they stand for something beyond the product. And that's why they've been able to create this deeper connection with the consumer. Beyond that, they also have this differentiated relationship with the consumer. They've been listening to what people actually want. And something that we talk about most often is that traditional retailers really treating products like like they are commodities. And with digitally native brands, you really feel that connection to the company and the product in a completely different way. And that's something that's really important to us as a multi-brand retailer in the space that 
we're really grounded in the belief that people don't want to just buy stuff. They want to feel like they're a part of something and feel that connection. And that's really where our focus is in taking our brand first approach as a multi-brand retailer. I think that that was just the first thing that I saw when I started the company was like, okay, well, you have all these brands that have emerged with a completely different set of standards and a different way of doing business. And it's really in conflict with the traditional retailers that are out there and how they position companies and really strip that brand story from their store and site experience. And so we really set out to change that. And that's really at the crux of what we're doing is creating this multi-brand retail experience that really tells the stories of these brands in a very differentiated way. And I know you hit on that point, especially, which I thought was really interesting, was that, you know, in traditional retail, you might not see that brand story always carried through, right? People have an assortment of products. And the great thing about what digital has brought to us is the ability to, I think, further craft and further deepen that brand story. And that's kind of what you guys are leaning into. So brand has obviously been really important. But I think it's just leaning more into that storytelling function that can now be further deepened through digital. So I have a question on the kind of like the product pages on the vertical. You guys were just explaining how it's a more direct relationship with the brand. Is this product description and all this information crafted with the brand directly? Or is this the vertical's opinion about the brand kind of more like a review? Or is it a combination and a mix of both? That's a great question. Yeah. So on our review site, where we kind of create more editorial content around our brands, that's all our own voice and really within the vertical brand and how we talk about products, talk about different brands and founders. We do tons of founder features and stories and really talk about how they started their companies overall. On our marketplace Mm -hmm. itself, as far as the product pages go, all of the descriptions, we build them like in conjunction with the product descriptions that the brands provide us with. But every product page has a section that tells you about that brand itself. And that's crafted from our voice. It's all, you know, information that we we get from the brands and their sites, as well as just learning about them over time. So it's not really our opinions necessarily, but it is our voice. And then we also talk about, and one thing that really I think is unique to us and as a retailer is we have something called the vertical value set. And this are different mission-driven elements that we really focus on and categorize our brands that we work with underneath. So every product page notes what values that brand falls into. So whether it's you know, sustainable products that are reducing waste or ethically produced, or they have local craftsmanship practices that they fall into, or it could be what we call women's empowerment, which is really focused around female-founded companies that either do something that's specifically for women or women's health, or are just, you know, female-founded in their own. Diverse founders is a really big one that we're focusing on, and so on and so forth that every brand gets categorized under that. And that's at the forefront of every product page as well. So that as you're searching and, you know, reading about products and shopping products on the e-commerce site, you can learn about them even more with that information that's there. Got it. And I love the R reviews part too, because it's kind of like you're an influencer in the sense of these DMV brands that the consumers that have already bought through your website will now, you know, obviously take 
uh, your opinion a lot more seriously and how you review the products. Whereas, you know, you look at Amazon product reviews and it's like, well, you know, I'm not sure if Susie, you know, has my same taste. And I don't know who this person is that's giving this opinion. So it's like sort of reviews on steroids, basically. So I love that. Yeah, we really want to be like authentic third party voice that customers can come to us and really know which brands are the ones that out there that you should be purchasing. And that's more so around like the ones that have great quality products. There's so much out on the internet. And like Jacqueline and I were kind of laughing the other day because I totally got caught in one of those Instagram ads that served me a product. It looked great and it turned out to be like a complete fraud and my money was stolen. (laughs) And as someone that, you know, reviews these products for a living, I was just like, how did this happen to me? But it happens often. So we really want to be there to be the third party voice for customers out there so that they can know which products are the ones to purchase because there are thousands of DMVBs out there and new ones popping up every single day. I think we're also going to see new brands pop up even through this pandemic as people are sitting at home and creating tons of companies and tons of product companies right now. So we're going to continue to see growth in the industry overall. And there has to be like a retailer out there that really helps differentiate everything for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, that curation is just so core to what we're doing. And we're not trying to show people everything that's out there by any means. And I think that there are a lot of retailers that kind of like prop themselves up on having you know, over a thousand brands. And don't get me wrong, we'll be growing and adding brands to our assortment in the coming years to a degree. But we really focus on taking a lifestyle approach around what this customer is looking for, you know, from their personal care to their apparel, to their travel products and home products, and really curating the right brands and assortments around that. And also, I know we keep talking about what we look for in brands. So just to share with you, the way that we define that is that we look for brands first that are mission-driven in some ways that meet one of the values that Michelle was outlining, one of our 10 values that we've defined. And the second is that we look for companies that are producing high-quality goods. So we, as a retailer, really stand for quality goods, thoughtful consumption, as opposed to disposable mentalities or fast fashion. And then the third is that we look for this authentic, down-to-earth voice and brands that's really human-centric, both in the way that they're producing product and also in terms of their company design and how they're talking to people. Got it. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way that I myself want to lean towards as a consumer. As Michelle said, you know, everyone is sitting at home and making more products and the markets keep getting more saturated. And I I know Jay has a few dots to connect here, but one last thing I'll say to Michelle's point on buying something on an ad that wasn't really what she was expecting. My girlfriend and I bought some bar stools recently and they had great reviews and they arrived and they would look like they're for midgets. Like they're so short and <laughs> we're just like, how, like, why did this happen? And it's probably a good way to solve that challenge is a, it's an authentic third party voice that confirms all those reviews or even just does the reviews as a trusted third party. So I really do think that's like the future of reviews and, and where all that is going for sure. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that you guys do this, especially digitally too, because I think there is a big gap for brands to be vetted, especially on all these marketplaces like Amazon, like anyone can put up an Amazon listing. I kind of relate to what you guys are doing is, you know, how Target picks out 
brands specifically, like a lot of direct-to-consumer brands have now been featured at Target and Target's kind of being the one that picks the brands and shows the best ones. But it's still like people love to consume digitally and e-commerce is kind of the way that goes forward. I'm really curious as a consumer on my end, and I know you guys mentioned that like you work to create the profile with the brand to some extent, and then you also input your own kind of piece as well. For the actual brands that are on the vertical, do you review every single product that's on the marketplace? Like personally, like play with the products or use the products? Yeah. We try to as much as possible. So we just recently launched our marketplace and plan to expand it with the holiday season with like a large holiday campaign. But many of the brands that we launched with, we launched with 50 brands we knew very well as, you know, just users of the products over the past, you know, few years. So... It was pretty easy and organic for us to pick those products. But yeah, we have a lot of brands that will reach out to us or that, you know, we opened a wait list originally and had hundreds of brands on it. And many of them we worked closely with really to understand their brand stories beyond just reading their websites. Many of them sent us products that we got to test out or samples that we would send back to them. And it's definitely a huge part of the curation process and the vetting process to make sure that it's high quality. If something doesn't hit our set of standards or we don't feel right about it, we are very like transparent and honest with the brands about that um, because the customer is so important to us, but also the brand partnership is so important to us. Every single brand that we work with, we want to make sure that we're providing value back to them. So if there's someone on our site that just doesn't hit that same set of standards, we're not going to put them on because it's not fair to the other brands that are out there too. So we really take this, I mean, I think it's the most serious thing at our business. And that's really where our brand comes from as well. It's rooted in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that from the way that we're talking to consumers, we really take this, as I've said, like this down to earth approach and really align ourselves with digitally native brands in that way. But when it comes to the curation and the assortment, as Michelle was saying, that's a process that is really highly considered where we're really taking a position of authority because it's a very important piece of our business to both build and keep this trust with our customers. Yeah. And I love that approach that you guys do. And I think that's why, you know, when I was talking about how Target has direct-to-consumer products in their store, even though they have the direct-to-consumer products, I feel like there still isn't always that authority level because they do just carry so many products and they, you know, constantly add new products as well. But you don't feel that personal connection, I feel, that you guys are trying to do over here with the Vertical, which is, you know, that review process as well, where it feels like, You're talking to someone because people love reading reviews. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, so nice to hear. 100%. I think that while there are places of finding digitally native brands like Target, as you mentioned, um, Nordstrom is another big one. We've seen digitally native brands pop up at Walmart as well or, you know, other e-commerce sites to some degree. But what's really missing in the market and what we're building is a go-to destination for this consumer to both discover and also engage with brands that in the same way that they would on their individual sites. And like back to our earlier conversation, the problem has been to this point that like if you were to go look at an Allbirds sneaker on the Allbirds site versus when they were on Nordstrom, and I'm just using them as an example, you could say the same thing for Reformation or tons of other like digitally native brands on any site, but I'm just using Nordstrom as an example. 
that storytelling and the engaging imagery and the lifestyle and that magic that kind of happens on the brand side is really stripped out when you take that product and you put it on a white background and then shot like every other sneaker that's out there. And there's just like a little box on the side that says what it is. That's what's, you know, really getting lost in translation. And that's why we haven't seen a retailer that has become the go-to place for this consumer and how they want to be consuming information. So that's something that's really important to the way that we are building our e-commerce store. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I know one thing that you guys have mentioned as well, and I, I read your blog post that you made, Jacqueline, about you know the marketplace One thing that you mentioned was that, you know, customer acquisition costs are really rising a lot of times and it makes it difficult to really grow your brand. And I've also read, you know, digitally native vertical brands have a tougher time, I guess, at the beginning because you're trying to build that brand equity, but the long term payoff is really good. Like, where do you see the future headed in that to be able to combat some of those customer acquisition costs and just continue to still have the opportunity to build those brand channels, build brand equity when Amazon is right there waiting to snatch up almost any product (laughs) that's out there. Yeah. Well, I think a good way of thinking of this is to kind of like flip it around and think of it from the customer perspective. Because I think we have a tendency in the industry, and of course, Michelle and I talk about CAC and LTV all day, but to look at it from these industry terms and kind of miss what's actually going on from the consumer's perspective. And for them, there's just too much noise. Like there's too many brands, there's too much noise, and they can't make sense of what's what. And so they'll see really exciting brands on their Instagram feeds or they'll come across them uh, or hear a friend mention them. But then when they actually go to start the shopping experience, like they're in need of headbands or a new jacket, they don't know where to go. And we've seen like really avid consumers of digitally native brands like myself before I started the company would just have lists and save screenshots. But we just have to remember that the average person, while they're really excited about digitally native brands and purchasing them to some degree, They're looking for a simplified shopping experience. That's why Amazon is as big as it is, right? Even though they're not the right partners for DNVBs. And something that I found really interesting when I first started the company, I did customer discovery and I talked to over 200 people about their shopping habits. And I found it funny because almost every single person I talked to, when I would mention what the vertical was going to be at that point way back, they would just be like, I don't know if I'm actually the right person for you to talk to. Like, you should probably talk to my cousin. My cousin is the cool one who knew what, like, Quip was before everyone else. And it's creating this kind of alienation, this feeling that the average person just can't keep up. But when you dig a little bit further and start asking that person what they've purchased over the last year that they're excited about, they're like, oh yeah, I actually have bought this like Koyana bag and I got my Lisa mattress and I got my Ritual Vitamins. So they are the consumer, but there's really this perception that you have to be so in the know to be shopping from these brands. And that's really what's at the crux of the problem because DNVB set out to humanize the shopping experience and have this down-to-earth tone of voice that I keep mentioning, but it actually doesn't feel like that to the consumer when they feel like they can't keep up with the new cool thing. 
So most of the time, they're then going back to their more simplified shopping habits when they're going to start that shopping journey, because that's just what takes the least time. They trust it. They don't have to worry about whether a brand's trustworthy or not. And so we're so focused on just removing this burden that's on the consumer because they shouldn't have to figure it out themselves. So I think when you think about CAC, I mean, that's really why it's rising is just because there's we're at this inflection point where there's just a lot of noise. Like we've t- talked to so many brands that have been really receptive to working with both us as a marketplace, but are also testing out different channels. I think it's really hard. Obviously, we've seen this pullback from venture funding as well, which was a really big way that a lot of brands right out of the gate were getting their name recognized. But a lot of it comes down to really building something that people care about and they're going to keep coming back for. And I think once you have a product that people really love and value and they feel the need to share with their friends, because that kind of organic traction is what this space has from the brands that are doing it well that traditional retail can't compete with. For sure. I mean, also, you know, that's how people use Instagram as a product discovery platform. But the problem is that you find one good brand every 10 hours spent on Instagram. So typically, you know, that cool person, it's not really that cool person. It's just that they just spend a lot of time on Instagram and follow, you know, all the influencers that do post about it. There is no, you know, centric place for this discovery of these products. You know, TikTok and for those of us that still use Facebook are great platforms and great tools, but it is exhausting and consumer fog is real. And that's kind of where the term comes from and has its its actuality that we're all just really tired scrolling through the sites every single day and there's just not that information. So that's kind of why Amazon has been so successful is that it quickly allows you to purchase what you need. But it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't service the, the brands that we're working with and just isn't the right partner for them or doesn't give the right information that the customer wants when they're purchasing something like their ritual vitamins, which is why we really want to be there to be a partner to deal, like cut through that fog and that exhaustion that our customers are finding and having. If they're not like the quote unquote cool kids that Jacqueline mentioned before that all of her friends and the different focus groups she ran were kind of speaking to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just really cool what you guys are doing over here. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. Ramon, do you have any final thoughts you want to jump in with? I don't. I just want to go on the website and start buying stuff. So um, (laughs) can now shop it if you go to shop.theverticale.com. We're live and you can now shop our products that we have there. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. I'm about to check that out. But before we leave, I want to ask one final question to you both. So the launch is here. You guys have have launched the site. You have all these great brands that are now in the marketplace. What's what's next for the Vertical? Is it just a continuation of adding brands? Is there anything else that you guys are excited, looking forward to? Great question. So many things. <laughs> I think me and Michelle are both just like, I heard Michelle laugh because it's hard to know where to start. But yeah, certainly bringing on new brand partners in the immediate and having a really big holiday season. We're doing a holiday campaign that's going to be really big for us. But, you know, looking toward next year, we'll be customizing the site so much further to really bring in a ton of visual elements of storytelling. That is 
going to be a really exciting next step after the initial marketplace launch and continuing to really build our brand partnerships, brand equity in the space and grow from there. I won't bore you too many of the additional details, but there's a lot. Michelle, feel free to jump in with anything you want else you want to highlight. And I think the biggest thing is that we'll just really be making sure to continue the partnerships that we're growing with our brands um, over our first, you know, real year of business in 2021, optimizing the site and then growing our team which will allow like, yeah. our marketing and outreach. We have like a really amazing small team, many interns as most early stage startups, but bringing on a few key players that will really help us just grow the business. And I think that that will stream across all areas. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see you guys grow. And one really cool thing while I was checking out the site, I was checking out the website while you both were talking and we actually have two of the brands, Huron and Masami, that are also on Trends Platform, which I thought was really cool. But Michelle and Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining the podcast and getting a chance to talk about DNVBs, just brand equity in general, and what goes into a really good brand and how important being mission-driven is. So I appreciate you diving into all of those topics. It was great having you on the podcast. So I know you mentioned shop.thevertical.com. Is there anywhere else that people can find you to be able to learn more about what you guys are doing? Yep, they can um, go to our Instagram, which is at the vertical as well. And that will link both to our site and to our shop as well. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining the podcast. Really love talking to you both. And Thanks for everyone else that's listening out there. Thanks for listening to the DTC pod and we will see you next time.